March 9th, Robert Murray McShay reading plan. Holy Heavenly Father, I need you this morning to open up my mind, open up my heart, open up the heart of anyone who's reading or listening to your word right now. Allow us to understand it, allow us to be molded by it and changed by it, Lord. Not be distracted by anything else, Lord. Enraptured by your beauty and the joy that is to be found in your presence. For your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Starting in Exodus 20. Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow and worship to them and do not serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the father's iniquity to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Do not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and to do all your work, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock or the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. All the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain surrounded by smoke. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. You speak to us and we will listen, they said to Moses, but don't let God speak to us or we will die. Moses responded to the people, don't be afraid for God has come to test you so that you will fear him and will not sin. And the people remained standing at a distance as Moses approached the total darkness where God was. And the Lord told Moses, This is what you are to say to the Israelites. You have seen that I have spoken to you from heaven. Do not make gods or silver to rival me. Do not make gods of gold for yourselves. Make an earthen altar for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, your flocks and herds. I will come to you and bless you in every place.
where I cause my name to be remembered. If you make a stone altar for me, do not build it out of cut stones. If you use your chisel on it, you will defile it. Do not go up to my altar on steps so that your nakedness is not exposed on it. These are the ordinances that you are to set before them. The law. Next up today we have Job 38. God is about to speak to Job today, I believe. Yes. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. He said, Who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Where were you when I established the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who fixed its dimensions? Certainly you know. Who stretched out a measuring line across it? What supports its foundations, or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Who enclosed the sea behind doors when it burst from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and total darkness its blanket. When I determined its boundaries and put its bars and doors in place. When I declared, you may come this far, but no farther. Your proud waves stop here. Have you ever in your life commanded the morning or assigned the dawn in its place so it may seize the edges of the earth and shake the wicked out of it? The earth is changed as clay is by a seal. Its hills stand out like the folds of a garment. Light is withheld from the wicked, and the arm raised in violence is broken. Have you traveled to the sources of the sea or walked in the depths of the oceans? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the extent of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Where's the road to the home of light? Do you know where darkness lives? So you can lead it back to its border? Are you familiar with the paths of its home? Don't you know? You were already born. You have lived so long. Have you entered the place where the snow is stored? Or have you seen the storehouses of hail, which I hold in reserve for times of trouble, for the day of warfare and battle? What road leads to the place where light is dispersed? Where is the source of the east wind that spreads across the earth? Who cuts a channel for the flooding rain or clears the way for lightning? To bring rain on an inhabited land on a desert with no human life. To satisfy the parched wasteland and cause the grass to sprout. Does the rain have a father? Who fathered the drops of dew? Whose womb did the ice come from? Who gave birth to the frost of heaven? When water becomes as hard as stone, and the surface of the watery depths is frozen. Can you fasten the chains of the Pallades or loosen the belt of Orion? Can you bring out the constellations in their season and lead the bear 
and her cups? Do you know the laws of heaven? Can you impose its authority on earth? Can you command the clouds so that a flood of water covers you? Can you send out lightning bolts and they go? Did they report to you? Here we are. Who put wisdom in the heart or gave the mind understanding? Who has the wisdom to number the clouds? Or who can tilt the water jars of heaven when the dust hardens like cast metal and the clouds of dirt stick together? Can you hunt prey for a lioness or satisfy the appetite of young lions when they crouch in their dens and lie in wait within their lairs? Who provides the ravens food when its young cry out to God and wanders about for lack of food? That's the chapter right there. Crazy. (laughs) The Lord God Almighty speaks. Settle down and read Proverbs 9 today. Proverbs 9. Wisdom versus foolishness. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved out her seven pillars. She has prepared her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her female servants. She calls out from the highest points of the city. Whoever is inexperienced, enter here. To the one who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat my bread and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave inexperience behind and you will live. Pursue the way of understanding. The one who corrects a mocker will bring abuse on himself. One who rebukes the wicked will get hurt. Don't rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke the wise and he will love you. Instruct the wise and he will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and he will learn more. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. and The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding for by me your ways will be many and years will be added to your life if you are wise you are wise for your own benefit if you mock you alone will bear the consequence folly is a rowdy woman she is gullible and knows nothing she sits by the doorway of her house on the seat of the highest point of the city calling to those who pass by who go straight ahead on their paths Whoever is unexperienced, enter here. To the one who lacks sense, she says, Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is tasty. But he doesn't know that the departed spirits are there, that her guests are in the depths of Shul. Gospel of Luke today, chapter 23. Jesus is facing Pilate. Then their whole assembly rose up and brought him before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation 
opposing payment of taxes to Caesar and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, You say so. Pilate then told the chief priests and the crowds, I find no grounds for charging this man. They kept insisting, He stirs up the people teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee, where he started even up to here. When Pilate heard this, he asked if the man was a Galilean. Finding that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem during those days. Herod was very glad to see Jesus. For a long time he had wanted to see him, because he had heard about him, and was hoping to see some miracles performed by him. So he kept asking him questions, but Jesus did not answer him. The chief priests and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him. Then Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt, mocked him, dressed him in bright clothing, and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Previously, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, You have brought me this man as one who misleads the people, but in fact, after examining him in your presence, I have found no grounds to charge this man with those things that you accuse him of. Neither has Herod, because he sent him back to us. Clearly, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will have him whipped and then release him. Then they all cried out together, Take this man away. Release Barabbas to us. He had been thrown into prison for a rebellion that had taken place in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate addressed them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why? What has this man done wrong? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty, therefore I will have him whipped and then release him. But they kept on with the pressure, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified, and their voices won out. So Pilate decided to grant their demand and release the one they were asking for, who had been thrown into prison for rebellion and murder, but he handed Jesus over to their will. As they led him away, they seized Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming in from the country and laid the cross on him to carry behind Jesus. A large crowd of people followed him, including women who were mourning and lamenting him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. Look, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the women without children, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. And they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others, criminals, were also led away to be executed with him. When they arrived at the place called the school, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they are doing. And they divided his clothes and cast lots. The people stood watching. Even the leaders were scoffing. He saved others. Let him save himself, if this is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also mocked him. They came offering him sour wine, 
and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. The inscription was above him, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him. Don't you even fear God, since you are understanding the same punishment, or undergoing the same punishment. We are punished justly, because we're getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I tell you, this day you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three. Because the sun's light failed, the curtain of the sanctuary was split down the middle, and Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. Saying this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what happened, he began to glorify God, saying, This man really was righteous. All the crowds that had gathered for this spectacle when they saw what had taken place, went home, striking their chests. But all who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at the distance watching these things. There was a good and righteous man named Joseph, a member of the Sanhedrin, who had not agreed with their plan and action. He was from Arimathea, a Judean town, and was looking forward to the kingdom of God. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Taking it down, he wrapped it in fine linen and placed it in a tomb cut into the rock where no one had ever been placed. It was the preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed along and observed the tomb and how his body was placed. And they returned and prepared spices and perfumes, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Second Corinthians eight is on the agenda today. That falls into our three chapter March meditation. 2 Corinthians 7 through 9. So we'll just read that all together today. Chewing on this all month, praying on this all month. Trying to really absorb what's being said, get the context of the chapters. Here we go. So then, dear friends, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every impurity of the flesh and spirit. Bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one, corrupted no one, taken advantage of no one. I don't say this to condemn you, since I have already said that you are in our hearts, to die together and to live together. I am very frank with you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with encouragement. I am overflowing with joy in all our afflictions. 
In fact, when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest. Instead, we were troubled in every way. Conflicts on the outside, fears within. God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the arrival of Titus. Not only by his arrival, but also by the comfort received from you. He told us about your deep longing, your sorrow, and your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. For even if I grieved you with my letter, I don't regret it. And if I regretted it, since I saw that the letter grieved you, yet only for a while, I now rejoice. Not because you were grieved, but because your grief led to repentance. For you were grieved as God willed, so that you didn't experience any loss from us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Worldly grief produces death. Consider how much diligence this very thing, this grieving, as God wills, has produced in you. What a desire to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what deep longing, what zeal, what justice. In every way you showed yourselves to be pure in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was not because of the one who did wrong or because of the one who was wronged, but in order that your devotion to us might be made plain to you in the sight of God, for this reason we have been comforted. In addition to our own comfort, we rejoiced even more over the joy Titus had, because his spirit was refreshed by all of you. For if I have made any boast to him about you, I have not been disappointed, but as I have spoken everything to you in truth, so our boasting to Titus has also turned out to be the truth. And his affection toward you is even greater as he remembers the obedience of all of you and how you received him with fear and trembling. I rejoice that I have complete confidence in you. Chapter 8 I want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that was given to the churches of Macedonia during a severe trial brought about by affliction, their abundant joy, and their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. I can testify that according to their ability and even beyond their ability of their own accord, they begged us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in the ministry to the saints. And not just as we had hoped. Instead, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us by God's will. So we urged Titus that just as he had begun, so he should also complete among you this act of grace. Now as you excel in everything, in faith, speech, knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love for us, excel also in this act of grace. I am not saying this as a command, rather, by the means of the diligence of others, I am testing the genuineness of your love, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ Though he was rich for your sake, he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter, I am giving advice because it is profitable for you, who began last year not only to do something, but also to want to do it. Now also finish the task, so that just as there was an eager desire, there may also be completion according to what you have. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what a person has not according to what he does not have. It is not that there should be relief for others and hardship for you, but it is a question of equality. At the present time, your surplus is available for their need, so that their abundance may in turn meet your need. 
in order that there may be equality. As it is written, the person who had much did not have too much, and the person who had little did not have too little. Thanks be to God who put the same concern for you into the heart of Titus, for he welcomed our appeal and being very diligent, went out to you by his own choice. We have sent with him the brother who is praised among all the churches for his gospel ministry. And not only that, but he was also appointed by the churches to accompany us with the gracious gift that we are administering for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help. We are talking, excuse me, we are taking this precaution so that no one will criticize us about this large sum that we are administering. Indeed, we are giving careful thought to do what is right, not only before the Lord, but also before people. We have also sent with him our brother. We have often tested him in many circumstances and found him to be diligent, and now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker for you. As for our brothers, they are the messengers of the church as the glory of Christ. Therefore show them proof before the churches of your love and of your boasting about you. Chapter 9 Now concerning the ministry to the saints, it is unnecessary for me to write to you. For I know your eagerness, and I boast about you to the Macedonians. Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you in this matter about not would not prove empty, and so that you would be ready just as I said. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, would be put to shame in that situation. Therefore, I considered it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead of you and arrange in advance the generous gift you promised, so that it will be ready as a gift and not as an extortion. The point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work, as it is written. He distributed freely, he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by the ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Concludes our reading today of the holy and living word of God. Hope we can all benefit from that.
and were challenged by it. I know I was. Let's pray. Holy Father, tis you deserves all the praise, accolade, acknowledgement. We are all guilty of suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, of hiding our own sin, of running away from it every single day, Lord. But you are the one who stretched out the heavens, and you were the one who put the belt on Orion hold back the Pallades and tell the sun and the waves all where to go each moment of every day. Your power is awe-stricken. Your your power is terrifying, Lord, but by Christ and in Christ, we have the ability to come before you boldly and ask that you would open up our hearts continuously and hold us, Lord, and give us what we need each and every day for your name to be hallowed in our lives, for us to not be led away into temptation and kept from evil, and to be preserved on the narrow way, Lord, for the the path is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many, and those who make it on that narrow path are those you hold, Lord. So hold us today, reserve us today, preserve us today, cause endurance in our lives, cause grace in our lives, understanding, Lord, so we may apply your word, your most holy word, to our lives every moment of every day. Take your spirit not from us, Lord. In Christ I pray, amen.